Something I'll always remember from my childhood and teen years was gym class in school. You see, I'm not the most athletic person, so gym class wasn't, let's just say, one of my strengths. Oftentimes, I couldn't get the ball where it was supposed to go, or I couldn't kick hard enough or throw fast enough. Well, at least not as well as most of the other kids in the class could. But there's one thing more than that I think I'll always remember, and I'm sure you guys remember this too about your own gym class experiences, and that's when the teacher made two kids captains and allowed them to pick teams. Let's say it was a rousing game of dodgeball. The teacher picks two kids and lets them pick who they want to be on their team. I kind of dreaded those days for one reason and one reason only. I was usually the one that was picked last, or at least near the very end. Have you ever had those moments where you felt skipped over, or maybe you've had a long-lasting friendship or relationship with someone, and suddenly they turn their attention to others and you're seemingly a nobody overnight? Did you regularly talk with or hang out with somebody and now it seems like they pass you over in favor of others? Have you ever found yourself thinking to yourself, where did everybody go? What happened? I'm still here. Well, this phrase can be uttered in countless situations. Perhaps somebody is talking about you and you're in the very same room and you think to yourself, um, excuse me, I'm still here. Or maybe somebody calls and asks if you're on your way home from an event, but you haven't left yet. And your response is, no, I'm still here. Well, I'm sure as soon as you heard those words, what they mean to you and your perspective on them instantly came to mind. And over the next few weeks, I'm going to take a look at that phrase from a few different viewpoints. Today, we're going to examine them from the perspective of somebody who feels forgotten, abandoned, omitted, left out. Those aren't very pleasant words to hear, are they? They might stir up feelings in you that you don't want to feel. For those of us who experience them personally, and to be honest, who hasn't, we know all too well the pain that these words and actions related to them can cause. I'm a middle school teacher, and we're almost to the end of the school year when this is being recorded, and I see many other teachers getting invited to graduation parties of students we had when they were in middle school. And my inbox sits mostly empty, and I wonder, where are my invites? I see someone involved in a group activity giving recognition to nearly every member of the team in some very public way, and my name isn't mentioned. Well, why wasn't I included? I see pictures on social media of large groups of people in an activity I'm regularly involved in going out and having a great time together. But nobody asked me if I wanted to go. Wounds can begin to form when we feel forgotten. We ask questions like, why wasn't I included? What did I do wrong? Feeling forgotten can be an awful feeling. You see, as I get older, I've learned to overlook things like this. But the idea of being forgotten can go way deeper than things like missing invites or being left out of dinners. What about when you invest so much into something or someone to only be seemingly dropped and forgotten faster than the speed of light? It's like somebody or something that was basically a part of almost every part of your life just disappears or changes, and then there's a void. The instant feeling for most of us is emptiness, and then questioning, and then sometimes worry, and regret. And these things can be painful. And sometimes we try to fill that void with other things, things that we know we shouldn't. The pain is real, and so is the hurt. And when I say what I'm about to say, please know I'm not trying to minimize the reality of the hurt that comes with this type of experience, but I had a specific experience over the past few years where God showed me something 
actually many somethings, and how to deal with them. So let me rewind a little bit so I can give you a backstory. Our family had a connection with someone who was involved in nearly every aspect of our lives. Um, This was for several years. They considered our kids like siblings. They considered us like a second set of parents. We shared almost everything together. Uh, They stayed with us, traveled with us. We went to their events. They came to ours. And what seemed like the blink of an eye, the nearly everyday contact became just a whisper in the wind and then soon turned to silence. Why have things turned out this way? What did we do? What did I do? We tried to reconnect on many occasions, and though we've made some connection, it's kind of sparingly and pretty formal. The hardest part of this whole situation was the unknown, and this is where God taught me such a huge lesson. We prayed constantly for this someone. We prayed for direction for ourselves and for them, for wisdom, for insight, for humility, for patience, and for God to show himself to them through us. And we love and continue to pray for them just as much to this day as we always have. And we're hoping someday we can reconnect if God has our paths crossing again. I've learned to forgive and pray that I am forgiven. If there was ever anything that was my responsibility for causing the disconnection. But here's what I learned. Our time with this connection was just as much for them as it was for us. And though we could provide support to them, they pushed us to grow. Though we felt like we were being there for them, they were really being there for us, more than we could ever imagine. (laughs) Several weeks ago, I talked about seasons of life and why we experience certain things at certain times. And, you know, I've come to learn that this connection was a season. They needed us when we truly and most positively needed them. And we didn't realize it or maybe appreciate it as much at the time. I actually used these words when reaching out. I said, you know, I don't know what's going on, but please know I'm still here. And I think saying that was a combination of having that feeling of uncertainty and disconnect, but also providing some reassurance that I hadn't gone anywhere. If there was ever a desire on their end and God had it in our plans to cross again. You see, while I felt forgotten and abandoned, God reminded me that feeling forgotten is just that. It's a feeling, an emotion. And as with any feeling, I didn't have to follow it. If I gave in to every emotion within me on a given day, I'd be a wreck. (laughs) If I followed every feeling I experienced, I'd probably be alone, bouncing from job to job, have no friends, and really lack any kind of direction in my life because if feelings ruled things, I'd be in a bit of trouble. You don't follow every feeling every day, or at least I hope not. Think about this for a minute. What would it be like if you gave in to every feeling? What would happen if you woke up in the morning and you just didn't feel like getting out of bed and you gave in? Well, you would probably never leave your house. You'd probably be out of a job and probably be in just a bit of trouble. When we find ourselves feeling this way, what it boils down to is that we're faced with two choices. We can allow our feelings with the situation, whatever they may be, and most of the time it leads to frustration and anger, to turn us away from what we truly believe. Or we can be motivated to rise up and step up in our faith. In Psalm 43, the writer felt separated, felt alone, but expressed reassurance that there was something more to look towards after expressing feelings of mourning and rejection. I'll pick up with verse 3. This is verses 3 through 5 from Psalm 43 in the Amplified Version. Oh, send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling places. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy, with the lyre, 
I will praise you, O God, my God. Why are you in despair, O my soul? And why are you restless and disturbed within me? Hope in God and wait expectantly for him, for I shall again praise him, the help of my sad countenance and my God. There's so much more than that feeling of aloneness. The fact is, we're never alone. But the human side of it is something hard to understand and even harder to comprehend is the timetable or the circumstances that lead to this separation and the recovery from it. I think about the story of Joseph. You know, his brothers were jealous and sold him into slavery, but he rose to prominence when he interpreted Pharaoh's dream. But it didn't happen right away. In Genesis 40, he interprets the dream of Pharaoh's cupbearer when he's thrown in prison and asks for just one thing. Joseph asks the cupbearer to not forget to tell Pharaoh of this interpretation with hopes of getting him out of prison. Well, the cupbearer does not, and Joseph is seemingly forgotten. Imagine if Joseph had allowed that feeling and those of abandonment to rule his thinking and his actions. How much different would things have been? Two years passed, and the cupbearer told Pharaoh, and Joseph was elevated to governor of Egypt. So despite seeming to be forgotten, God was with him all the time. Most, if not all of us, understand the negative aspects of rejection. The part that eats at our insecurities, discourages us, and minimizes our potential. You see, what I've learned through the situation I described earlier and many others is that rejection does not have to be just about experiencing loss, but it should be more about discovering who or what qualifies for our future. Feeling forgotten can lead us to opportunities to further understand and appreciate God's love and our relationship with others. So here's what I want to focus on today. God is close. Sometimes when we go through difficult times, having a friend show up and sit beside us brings comfort. When we feel alone, that doesn't always seem practical or even possible because we're waiting for a, a actual physical person to come sit with us and talk with us. But God is right there. He might not always literally pull up a chair beside you and may not speak on every occasion, but he does always walk alongside you to let you know he's on your side. All the way through Joseph's trials, the Lord was with him. All the time, he was alone and the time he interacted with others, even in prison. Listen to this from Genesis 39, 20-23. This is the English Standard Version. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. The keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. Joseph was rejected by his brothers, and I'm sure he felt hurt and asked why all the things happened that they did. I picture there were probably moments where Joseph was crying out to God, trusting there was a bigger purpose and a bigger plan, and he may have even said the words, Lord, I'm still here. You see... Rejection is simply the reaction or opinion of another person. It might expose what or who doesn't belong in your future. It might be taking you in a new direction. Some people think it's easier to hide from things that require confrontation and just accept the rejection. But what if we learned to walk through these types of trials with our identity intact and held high? 
I mentioned toward the beginning of this recording a little bit about former students and not getting invites to graduation parties. Well, I've shifted my perspective from wondering where my invites were to knowing that they were my students for a season, and it was my job when they were with me to help make them better people, to educate them, to help them grow. Don't get me wrong. I've stayed in contact with some of them and become friends with many former students, but I've learned it's not about being invited to parties. It's not about being the most popular adult in the building. It's about helping kids discover the best about themselves and knowing they are someone and they have the potential to do great things, all while showing them my passion for music and teaching and being a good role model for them by the way I act and speak. My identity isn't tied up in party invites. My identity isn't shackled to public recognition. Who I am isn't related to how many dinners or Friday night events I get invited to. I know there's no free pass like a get-out-of-jail-free card from Monopoly that can prevent us from being overlooked or passed over in certain things, but we have the ability to take charge of how we respond when our emotions tell us that there are arrows digging into our hearts. I want to begin to wrap up today by talking a little bit about the importance of using our words when we respond to these types of situations. A sign of being strong with your emotions is knowing how to use your words carefully. Because when we use negative words over our situations, we can expect further negative outcomes or a shun at positive outcomes that may be out there. Our words are powerful. They can usher in healing in areas that we've been most wounded, and they can help the crushed regain strength and make the overlooked feel visible again. So how do we respond when we feel forgotten or abandoned? Think about what Jesus did. In everything he faced in his time here on earth, his response was always love or forgiveness. Jesus didn't show anger towards us when he made the ultimate sacrifice on the cross. Instead, he prayed clothed himself in grace, and chose mercy. He did that because he loves us and knew that the way he chose to respond would change us way more than guilt and shame ever would. We need to speak out of love and forgiveness too. We need to ask God to help us see our situation, whatever it might be, and any people involved in it the way he does. And no, this isn't easy. Feeling hurt or left alone is is pretty tough sometimes. I'd be lying if I said it was easy. This is where our spiritual discipline is tested and strengthened. In the moments where we can be more like Christ. By watching our words and our actions as responses, we are guarding our hearts and not allowing others to drain us. And we are sharing Jesus with the world. So if you ever find yourself out there feeling forgotten or abandoned and wondering why a certain someone or something has left your life, I pray that you will reflect on these three truths because they've really gotten me through a lot of times. Remember that feeling forgotten is an emotion and you can choose to overcome it. Remember that even when we feel alone, God is always with us and perhaps most importantly, Remember, our words will either help or hurt us in big ways when we feel this way. So, maintain your hope. And I know, it's much easier to say into a microphone than it is to do sometimes. But maintain it, because sometimes this hope is 
have to explain to others, but it's a confidence in God's promise to us. Remember, Joseph was not forgotten, and neither are you. If you're feeling forgotten, I pray that you will let your hope swell up and your joy return even stronger than before by being intentional in believing that God will never leave you and is always by your side every step of the way. Today, make a commitment to focus on his presence and the blessings he's given you and let God be the source of your joy because your identity is found in him. Thanks again for listening this week, and we'll see you back here next time when we'll have more for you on cue.